Hey everyone, it's Brandon Still, host of Nashville Restaurant Radio. You know that I am a big fan of having a plan and proactively using this time to make your business better. Times are tough, but reopening and recovery doesn't have to be. That's why I want to tell you about Kurt's Hospitality Marketing. They're a full-service sales, marketing, and public relations agency dedicated to growing revenue for their clients. You know you need a strong marketing strategy as you reopen your business. Let them help you put one together. Give them a call, 615-456-3953, or visit them on the web, www.kurtzhospitality.com. That's K-U-R-T-Z, hospitality.com. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, a podcast for and about the people of the Nashville restaurant scene. Now here's your host, the CEO of New Light Hospitality Solutions, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host. Today, we are going to be speaking with Claire Crowell. She is the COO of A. Marshall Hospitality. She's also co-owner of Hattie Jane's Creamery, and they are open for business. So I wanted to talk to her today, ask her all the questions that you are thinking right now that you would like to ask her. She's done it. She's been there. She's, she's felt the pain. She's felt the joy, and we're going to talk to her right now. And we are here with Claire Crowell, and Claire is the COO of A. Marshall Hospitality. That's the Americana Tap House, Deacons, New South, Puckets, and she is co-owner of Hattie Jane's Creamery. Claire, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me back. So you are, I just mentioned, you're, you're kind of the canary in the coal mine as somebody who has restaurants in rural areas. Williamson County is not necessarily rural, but it's not Davidson, Nashville. And I have restaurant owners and chefs that I talk to on a regular basis on this show. And everybody is kind of in a wait and see approach, but you've done it. You have gone in, reopened, and I, and I think everybody is dying to know how it's going. Yep, so we've been open for a couple of days at a few of our locations. We have more opening today uh, in Pigeon Forge, and and then it's kind of a, a slow roll. We're rolling everybody out. Pigeon Forge today, Chattanooga did get the green light um, opening on Friday, and actually reopening our curbside in Nashville, which we had previously closed. So it's been, you know, obviously the – we. It, came earlier than we expected we were we were geared towards a may uh reopening and um and then you know the governor um kind of uh let us know it's gonna be sooner than that pretty quickly so we we scrambled all all weekend um but it's going uh well so far we're not uh, overwhelmed which is which is good we did not want to be overwhelmed we're starting to see familiar faces come back in and, and get our employees um you know, it's it's been really, really good. Uh, I, I mentioned that you know it's it, it was more emotional than anticipated to see our employees coming back and see those faces again. Um, the first uh, few that I saw, I, I not gonna lie, I got a little teary eyed. It's just you know we these are these people are our family, um, and we're used to seeing them sometimes more than our family. So it's it's been a little bit of an emotional week, but so far so far so good. So there's a. Oh, we're really prepared. 
there's a there's a lot of people out there who are real nervous about this because <laughs> I mean just the general safety of employees coming back to work you've got people out there who are being paid by the government to be on unemployment and you guys are now back open people to come off unemployment to come back to work with the general safety are you like how are you dealing with all of that type stuff yeah i mean obviously it's the constant conversation um even as we uh, made the decision to go for it um and go ahead and and you know start knocking the rust off um you know i think the first thing i should should mention is um, if we didn't have our process and procedure in place before and we've been we've been you know in this downtime that's what we've been focused on is what if and when we're allowed to reopen what's it look like so we've been working on that for a few weeks um so we were really prepared for that we had processes in place we've already ordered you know the materials that we need got our menus in order so you know we certainly would not be making that decision if we didn't feel super confident in our in our procedures and, and it's a conversation with our employees so I on my end uh, my focus was on the employee conversation and I have a, my you know, partner in crime my director of operations focusing on the on the ops side and um, we put together a basically a frequently asked questions kind of anticipating what the questions would be and we have a, a distinct process that we put out to them to let them know this is our because we have you know having nine restaurants and over 400 employees we need we definitely and i would recommend to anybody that you really need to have a distinct process for how you're who you're bringing out back and and in what order or at least who's getting that first call so we ours was basically a seniority of position then um position needed you know because we might need more of this or that and then tenure within those um so we let them know what order we'd be calling uh and then we're presenting basically as a you know are you prepared do you want to and we've gotten we've got it's been completely split between people like yes thank goodness i can't wait i'm bored i'm ready you know tell me when between that and, and hesitation and we're just taking the standpoint of being respectful of that we're moving people if they are hesitant to the bottom of the call list and we'll continue to move through we, we don't need a lot right now um, because we're not seeing obviously we're not seeing like a, a massive turnout of guests it's been like a basically a steady flow so but we do, you know, we have the PPP loan for the restaurants. I don't for Hattie Jane's. I actually applied for the EIDL loan for Hattie Jane's uh, and just got it last week. Good. But, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole different conversation. But, but, but the PPP loan, I mean, um, yeah, I got to borrow. I have borrowed from Pat Martin for the last two weeks. I heard him say it's like, you know, the government gave us a full tank of gas to drive to Memphis and told you that you got to use it all before you get a vixen and that's really what it feels like so it's a lot of juggling and and needing to get people back basically on payroll in order to get even a portion of it forgiven so you know it's it's like a it's like a giant very serious game of chess but the temperature inside the restaurants has been very positive between employees and our guests that's good are are people so are people able to when they come back to work what are some of the, I think the big fear is people that work together can't stay six feet apart and wearing a mask and gloves and changing them out. Like, how has that process been? And and who are the people that are coming back and dining? Are they mostly regulars? Do you have people driving in from Alabama to come eat? 
like what do you who are the people that are dining just kind of all that stuff yeah um i would definitely say in the last few days you know it's only been a couple um it's definitely been regular so far that have just been kind of anxious to see familiar faces and have uh for the most part been really respectful of the procedures you know we've got markings on you know on the ground and reminders everywhere and also one of the one of the best things i think we've done that or maybe not best but but um well received things is um we have uh, one use menus but on each tabletop there's a that we are seating we're not seating all our tabletops um there's a uh, like a little a table tent that has a QR code that you can just scan with your camera and it opens the menu. And we've actually gotten people from DC and Virginia and Texas have reached out asking how we're doing that. So we put together instructions to send out to other restaurants if they need that because it's free to build a QR code. I would definitely say it's regulars. Uh, employees, you know, we are hyper aware and monitoring and reminding them when you're rolling silverware spread out you know you're right you have to cross paths in some regard but we don't have a full staff right now so it really isn't actually that hard to have everybody stay fairly spread out and until we get to maximum capacity that's that's gonna be the case so basically we're operating with half of a staff so is there a shift basis you got half a staff back did you have to do a bunch of training to kind of get people to get the to knock some of the rust off a and b around all of the new procedures that they're going to have to do like how were you able to get all of the ppes are people bringing their own stuff how is that working so um i guess to be clear they're not requiring ppe uh for us to wear ppe but we are we are requiring masks um, and um, and then of course glove use. Okay. Um, we are providing and also allowing with approval for them to bring their own masks. Because a lot of people have already done that. Um, as long as they kind of meet our our standards of coverage, and then and then reiterating the glove use. But training wise, we had you know specific instructions for everybody, um, and. Uh, we gave them a, uh, each basically a day of, of training. All of our, most of our management staff came back last week. The okay. ones that weren't already had stayed on to do curbside and takeout, they came back a week ago. Um, so we've had them really dive into all the procedures and and uh, in preparation. And in the hourly staff, we um, kind of did a reorientation for uh, a day, and and then you know it's, actual operations. It's uh, you know riding a bicycle hasn't been that long, but it's the you know, it's just the reminders. They've been kind of out of practice. They haven't been in, out in the public as much. So just, you know, the repetitions of when to change your gloves and all of those things. Well, that was we going to But we, have, we don't have to do it as often as we do now. Yeah, well, that's my next question is that you're at home all the time and you're we're socially distancing. We're not in that kind of environment. What are the things, are there things that people are struggling to adapt? What are the things people are missing are people not changing their gloves enough? What are the things you'd like to see improvements on? I would say the number one thing people is, um, we, I don't think any of us are aware of how much we want to touch our faces. Um, so that has, I haven't necessarily seen it as a problem, but I have had this point, you know, a, a couple of times over the few last few days, like, hey, just, you know, you can't, you have to change your gloves. You just, you know, touched your glasses or whatever. Um, and, 
and making sure that when they do need to make, because the masks, I mean, when you're in motion, you do have to get the, you do have to adjust those when you're in motion. So what we've asked everybody to do is like, don't make any adjustments on the floor, go back to the kitchen, make your adjustments and then wash your hands and get a new pair of gloves. Um, you know, so a lot of it is, you know, uh, um, just reminders of those types of things. Um, and then also being hyper aware that we are being, you know, we want to be the place where people go in and say, Puckett is doing it right. Yeah. That's a safe place for us to go. Just like I have been with all of the carry out places that I've gone to, I have sung the praises of Domino's over and over and over because they have it down to a science. We want to be that place as a full service restaurant. We don't want to be the place where someone goes, well, I went to so-and-so and it was the opposite. They didn't have anything. They weren't doing anything. They weren't, you know, whatever. So a lot of it, you know, it's practical, but as I'm speaking to obviously a rec ops crowd, it's not just practical, it's optics too and marketing. So um, it's, you know, both go hand in hand. Have you had people give you, have you had guests give you feedback as far as, hey, I just saw that person touch their mask or how hyper vigilant have the guests been in regards to that? Um, only, only from online, from the news, uh, feed, you know, that we've had in, in the store, uh, everybody has been, um, really great. Um, we have had very positive feedback online and, and a handful of people that were watching like the live streams really closely. And, uh, we did have one person point out that a server touched their glasses, which actually isn't your face. Yeah to be clear so you know well but, i think uh, but yeah there are certainly people you know i just would say when you are getting to the point if you are whether you're operating now or you're waiting for later that when y'all are posting live videos or pictures or anything that goes online or if you have a news outlet in be just hyper aware of whatever's going on in the background um you know not just what's in the foreground and just pay attention to that the, all the details Obviously, off-camera is just as important as on-camera, but there are certainly are people that are kind of really looking for any minute detail. And so this is, this is a really good kind of example. So if you are a guest and you're going to go dine at restaurants and you see like as everybody's adopting to this thing and, and restaurant owners are taking a gamble, I mean, I don't think people recognize how much it costs to refill if you've been closed to, to refill your inventory of food oh gosh, and yes. to get everything going to do this to train new people who've been at home for a long time if somebody touches their glasses there's nothing about that there's nobody touching their face that you want them to do that but people are human and yep. as long as you can see that they're doing everything in their power there's going to be human error like back off a little bit like don't go online and immediately start chastising people like let's let this whole thing play out a little bit right you said it <laughs> i but so yeah, I, I, I i think i think everybody's trying to make the best choices for themselves and it kind of uh, it reminds me a little bit of the mommy wars i don't know if you are familiar with that whole concept but because i have chosen to do one thing therefore i don't agree with you that's not the way this should necessarily go just in the same same aspect of of the you know of of this whole thing is you know everybody's got some very serious decisions to make um we also not only we also have the economic pressure um the kind of unintended consequences of the ppp pressure yeah um, and um 
And also, there's just different philosophies behind when to go and when to when to wait. So, um, I think that a little a little grace is uh, is good, but but it is on us to make sure that we are being hyper vigilant. Hundred um, percent. Because we are what we have told our staffs over and over and over again is that this is our opportunity to prove ourselves. Um, it's our opportunity to prove that we know what we're doing, and it's also the opportunity to prove that we're ready for this next step. So um, it's a really important. Um, we we carry that very heavily. It's a it's a big gamble, and you kind of just answered some of the questions that I was going to ask you early. We jumped right into the kind of the employee thing and the HR piece of it, but. The decision to open, the governor says you have the ability to open in rural areas. You don't have to, but you have the ability to, 50% capacity, all of these things. What were the deciding factors in you doing that? Did you speak with an attorney? Did they tell? They spell out for everything? Because there's certainly some ambiguity right now around people coming in and contracting the virus and then coming back and are you liable? I mean, there's a lot of stuff surrounding that. What were some of the things that you had to decide when deciding to open and why'd you do it? Yeah, and I would say, you know, obviously it's a team decision, but Andy Marshall is our, uh, is our team leader. And, um, and so I have to, um, say that you know he's handled the decision making on on that end and i've handled it really uh as a as a true entrepreneur and leader uh in our communities and in our company um but um we we knew that you know kind of the dna of our company is um as long as we felt like we had our our preparations ready that when when we were told we could go we would go um if we didn't feel ready, we wouldn't, you know, certainly. Um, but, um, you know, I think that we were already preparing for May 1st. Um, and this just pushed it up a few extra days. Um, so we, we were already in that mindset um, before the announcement was made. And it has been a different, it has been a different story in the rural areas. Um, I think the last I heard, you know, uh, where I'm headed to now is Columbia, Tennessee and uh, this entire time they've had I think I've heard 44 cases um, was the last number I heard don't quote me on whether that's accurate today Um, confirmed cases you know but um, it is much lower in the rural areas um, you know for sure so um, you know I think those areas are pretty uh, feeling pretty ready to to uh, loosen up a little bit and I think it is that's the thing about our our country is we have such diversity of types of areas. So, um, in between rural, urban, and, um, and, and the gamut. What were some, what was the number one thing that you guys were thinking, like when you're going through this decision-making process, or I don't know how many conversations you had with Andy, but what was the, the, the biggest thing that would stop you from doing it? Was it just the spread of the disease? Was it sales? I mean, have you guys able to get concessions on rent, any of that stuff? I think we've done everything that everybody else has has done um, possible. We've, you know, you know, obviously this has been a, a huge uh, bomb on on the economy of the industry and and certainly our company as well included in that. You know, yes, uh, you know the this, you know we're very much in recognition of you know the importance of the stopping of the spread of disease and that's been a big commerce you know how safe do we feel what do we feel like our procedures are and we've also watched the industries that have stayed open 
you know, and what are they doing? What are they allowed to do? I would say for better or for worse, they are certainly cracking down on us much, much uh, stronger than the requirements on us are stronger than on, say, a grocery store or home improvement store. Yeah. Um, and I don't really understand why that is because there are more people going in there every day. And I'll, I'm not saying that the point fingers are just, you know, we are happy. We Our plan was to go above and beyond whatever the guidelines were. That's what we're doing, and we're happy to do all of those things. I'm not quite sure why that's not the same case for other types of industries that have remained open uh, requirement-wise. But we're really proud of the fact that we are, frankly, I think, doing more than ne- – well, maybe not more than necessary, but more than has the, the government's provided guidelines, if that makes sense. It totally does. Um, and I don't know if I quite answered your question because I couldn't say there's not one number one thing. It's, it's no, a you, you huge did. balancing and juggling act between the PPP, the economy, the, the company's health, and uh, and the paramount health of our employees and, our, and the public. Well, I, I wish you absolutely nothing but success, and I hope that this whole thing is over really soon. I think that I can speak for a lot of people when I say that I'm so excited that you got to bring people back to work I'm so excited that you got to see those people that you got to share in that moment because I know there's a lot, a lot of people out there who really miss the people they work with. They miss that camaraderie. They miss just seeing people, not not just even hugging or anything, just saying, oh my gosh, we're back, we're sharing. I, I think that's... Uh, I would say that, you know, in the, the whole thing, there's a lot of conversation where people are going to want to come back to work if they're on unemployment. I, you know, obviously we have plenty of employees that have made it through the unemployment process. I'm still getting emails as of this week from employees that never got an unemployment check. Wow. Never got one and worked full time. So, and it's been a complete Russian roulette in that regard. So you know, one uh, just got their first payment this last week has been, and was full time for us and hadn't got any retro pay yet. I hope that they do. It's just, it's been a nightmare. That whole thing has been a complete nightmare. And, and that's and, out of your hands, right? That's out, it is. I mean, I, we've done everything that we can. I've resubmitted. I've created amendments for people that I, we've responded to. I've gotten emails from people. Uh, as of last week, I got an email from somebody that said, hey, it still says waiting on employer response. And I go in to you know, jobsfortn.gov, and I submitted it April 7th or whatever the date was, and they're still just stuck in this loophole, and then others get through fine. And it's just been completely confusing. Mm. Um you know, and yeah, I would say those that are back are, are very excited to be back. Um, but also, um, we're very understanding if someone's not ready. Let me ask you one more question about that as we're talking. And you may not know the answer to this. And I think there's a lot of speculation and it's very unclear as so many things are. If you call people back to work. So when you called back half people, you said if people weren't ready to come back to work for whatever reason, they were afraid they you know, were okay making whatever they're doing, whatever the reason was. You said you put them to the back of the list. Do you have to submit something that says, hey, we've called people back to work? There's a lot of fear that when people get called back to work and they say they're afraid that they're going to lose their unemployment benefits, and I don't think that's the case. You don't have yeah. to submit something that says, hey, we called Joey, and he said he doesn't feel safe, so there's nothing you have to do, right? Not at this point, but I believe that is going to change. And what we have, and the reason I say that is um, there's two uh, sources I have. One is the Department of Labor, the Tennessee's website, does state that 
if you have been offered a position, you're, you know, obligated, your unemployment status could change. I, I could send you the link if you want. You know, I have to find it, but I could send it to you. No, it's okay. I also asked this question directly with um, this wonderful lady. I've somehow got a hold of her email, and she's periodically answered some questions for me that works for the claims department. And um, she said that they basically were putting together that process. It didn't sound like that was quite put together at this point we did temporary layoffs where we did the partial claims process and and filed everybody's temporary uh, layoff for them and my common sense understanding would be at some point that either becomes and what I put in my frequently asked questions or anticipated questions that I sent out to the employees is I don't know what the answer is at this point at some point it, it won't be a temporary layoff. It'll either be a permanent layoff or a voluntary separation, and I don't know what it's going to be, and I, I, I unfortunately can't advise on that. Sure. I, my inclination is I don't have a process for it yet, and it's a slow moving. So, you know, I don't know that that alleviates necessarily any fears, but I don't I don't anticipate that. Like, I have had people contact me and say, am I going to lose my unemployment? I'm like, I don't, it's certainly not going to be today because they haven't told us how to tell them <laughs> that you've you know not accepted the the position at this time so you know but at some point they will yeah. and at that point you're going to comply because that's what they're asking you to do but you're not out of spite by anybody going you're not coming to work great you're done like there's none of obviously you're no. not doing that no. i think that's a fear everybody, that people have everybody on our list to call back are people that you know obviously we want them back and we want to one, it's a hard work company to treat people fairly, but also we want them to come back and work for us and want to work for us. You know, we will, we do follow the rules. If they give us a process, we will follow it, but we will not do so without letting everybody know, okay, this is now is the time, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, um, I wish there was a clear answer, but currently there's not. Well, of all people, I mean, I, when this whole thing happened, uh, I was put on an email. The reason why I met you and we talked on March like 20th, I think it was, that we had a conversation. You put together every single resource that you could possibly find on how to help employees. You emailed like, pretty much every independent restaurant operator in the city. And you said, guys, here's a shared folder. Here's all the information we can possibly find. You put it all together, but you spearheaded that. I mean, you are somebody that has constantly been fighting for the employees since day one, and I think that is just amazing, and I thank you for that, thank and you're you. just one of the people out there that's really trying to help and do the right thing, and I just I just want to say that that's amazing. Thank you for coming on the show again. You are Anytime. a thank you for having me. beacon for awesomeness in this city of uh, of Nashville. Let me ask you one last thing. Any advice for anybody out there who's contemplating this? What are the if you were to give one kind of final? This is what you have to do. What can you be doing right now to prepare to avoid any of the pitfalls you may have encountered in the past forty eight hours? What do you got? Sure. I said, I think the first and foremost thing is you've got to go with your instinct and your gut on whether you're ready or not. Um, you know your staff the best. You know your procedures the best. You know how comfortable you are the best. And how you are going to lead as a leader is going to set the tone for your staff. So if you're not ready, you're not ready. If you're ready, then you then I, I, you know uh, follow your instinct. But I think um, – I think that really need to think through making sure you have a checklist for sanitation, a checklist for how you're bringing back employees, uh, you know, 
do not take this by the seat of your pants and wing it. You really need to have all of the procedures in place and pay very close attention to the details um, and give your employees the language when, you know, that's one thing that we've had to do is give them the language to regulate guests, you know? Yeah. You know, it's a whole other thing. Um, not to get off topic at the end of the, end of the conversation, but, you know, it's, um, you know, just over-prepare. And if you're not open yet, now's the time to be preparing. I love what you just said. I, I gave the advice as like a month ago, but I said as to a GM who was coming into the restaurant, I said, no matter what you do, you need to remain positive because every single person in this building is looking to you to decide how they're going to be that day. Everybody's scared. Nobody knows what to do. But this is where real leadership comes out. And you, every single day, doing your homework, being prepared, coming in and leading your team will help everything. You walk in one day and go, oh, this is such BS. Why do we have to do this stuff? It gives every single person the okay to go, oh, the the leader thinks that this is BS, so I can think that way too. But if they look to you, yeah. if you're leading people through this and you're doing it the right way, people will follow you. And that's the way you're going to be able to reopen. And I just love that you said that because it's, it's essentially that. If you know you're going to be reopened, you're ready to do it, do it. Don't do it and then kind of halfway through go, oh, this is stupid because it's not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much, Claire. I really appreciate you coming on today. I'll let you get back to your day. Everybody in Nashville thanks you for giving us just kind of the ones and twos. If you come up with anything, you think of anything, send me a message. I'll be happy to share it. All right. Thanks so much. Bring it anytime. All right. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Big thanks to Claire Crowell for coming on Nashville Restaurant Radio and just kind of talking about her experience. Uh, she has always been somebody who has been just a pillar of professionalism in this industry, and uh, it's an honor every time she does come on the show. So thank you guys for listening. Hopefully this is helpful. Hopefully it's not clear as mud now. If you want to do this, if you want to reopen it's your own decision, be ready. Like she said, put checklists together rabbit hunt this thing out try and identify every single scenario and every single thing that could potentially go wrong and find the solution proactively put systems in place to make sure that all of these things happen flawlessly make sure that you're securing masks gloves you have all of those things you're ready to go and god bless you uh get out there make it happen see your friends but be safe, and I hope that you all out there are being safe, and I will talk to you soon. Love you guys. Bye.